Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hi, I'm Slugs. You're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow? This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, What the Actual Fuckers. Welcome to another edition of WTAF, This Country Podcast. Hello. And how are we? I'm ready to shuffle my papers like a newsreader. Uh, we are back for uh, episode five of series two. Uh, we're going to talk about Steam Fair. Uh, but before we do, let's introduce the man. He's the second best combine driver this side of Fairford. He won't stop sexting curtains, Nan. And has just left a massive dump in a tent on the forest. It's Neil. Hello, Pab. That's something I do in one day. <laughs> what, all <laughs> of combine, that? Combine, poo, and sext. Sexter. Sexter. So how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Pab. I'm good. You? Yeah, I'm good. I can't believe how quickly we're flying through these episodes. Just got one more left. I know. Uh, I know, it's, it just seems to have gone really quick, doesn't it? And that is with, like, a little bit of a gap, because obviously we had Lawrence last week. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence and Jackie. Thank you very much to them both again for... Yeah, what a wonderful uh, couple of guests. Indeed. And if you're joining us and listening for the first time at this one, please go back to that. In fact, go back to the very start of all the episodes, because we've had some fantastic guests. Um, next week we'll have uh, another special guest. Yeah, watch this space. we are prolonging this series even longer, um, which is good. Which, yeah, it means it it sort of, it makes it go out a bit longer, doesn't it? It makes it last a little bit longer. And at our age, it's good to make things last a little bit longer. You've got to do it, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, we are going to talk about Series 2, Episode 5, Steam Fair. It's Kerry's birthday. Uh, Curtin has some surprises in store for her. Yeah. Um, but we also have a little bit of a mystery. We do. Um, with the Fox Twins. With this one, I, I'd watched it a couple of times, and then when I sat down to completely analyse it and write all my notes, I always seem to write a hell of a lot of notes. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, so, 
I found it really funny, and I'd miss bits. I don't know how I'd miss bits, you know? Um, but, yeah, it's up there with one of the top episodes. I mean, they're all great episodes, aren't they? But this one, after, like I said, breaking it down and analysing it really made me belly laugh. See, this okay. just shows the quality, I think, of Series 2 in the fact that this is... And, and I say it that when you say it like this, it always sounds like you're being negative. This is my least favourite episode of the of series two. Is it? And now when we talk to, I've got some um, feedback from other this country fans saying what their you know favourite bits. And uh, one of our listeners, it's their favourite episode of right. the, of everything. Okay, but it's still really funny, it and it's fun. got bits in it that we will talk about that uh, it. it transcends just being a comedy show yeah it puts a whole new element in and and also the the bits that i I love easter eggs yeah as you can tell by my shape (laughs) (laughs) i mean visual easter eggs or easter eggs that you get in like you normally get in star wars movies or marvel movies those kind of things in the background that that don't need to be there but just add up and make sense a little bit along the way um and there's one or two of those in this episode as well uh, so we have some clips that we're going to show. We're going to play. We're going to show that we're going to play. Uh, we'll play it during, like we did yeah, last time. Throughout, it works nicely. Like I that, think that works it? nicely. So here we go. We have the usual text at the start of the uh, episode, which we won't go into. And Kerry and Curtin. Now, is it a bus stop or is it a toilet? I think I probably it's, asked it's this both. before. <laughs> right. So it's a bus stop slash toilet. I'm going to... I'll call it... And that's exactly what I've got written there, look. Bus stop slash toilet. Yeah, it is. So it's both. I will call it that. I'll call it the BST. BST. There you go. Oh, that's a great film, isn't it? So Kerry's mum can ask, what's in, we'll ask her what's in a BST. Oh, I thought it was that one about the giant, isn't it? No. Oh. Isn't it British Standard Time? British Summertime. British Summertime. The BST anyway. Festival. And we, <laughs> we digress. Yes. Uh, so Curtin is looking sort of very confused about something to start with. And Kerry is looking very bored. And uh, Kerry asks the camera crew if they if they are bored, because they appreciate you have a job to do, but doesn't it get boring following us to a bank? Then it fades to black to this country, and it, with it saying this country, then Kerry, you can hear say, who is this even aimed at? Because no one we know watches it. Yeah. Which is, I think, a little pun, a little dig on... Just things, isn't it? It's um... well. I think it's the fact that they probably know everybody they know watches it. Yeah, yeah. In real life, that's what I mean. It's like a little dig at people watching it. They're having a little dig at yeah, their friends and that. Who even watches this? Personally, I think that was a comment directly to us here at WTAF. What? Who even watches this? Yeah, because they know that we watch it and and love it, and that was like a little Easter egg, a little wink, a little to the wink camera. to us. Yeah, to say. Well, we'll take it anyway. Yeah, it was only if they'd have gone, oh, you know, what the actual fuck? Who is even watching this? That would definitely have shown yeah. that it was about us. To be honest, it's all about us. <laughs> <laughs> everything, yeah, everything is about us. Absolutely, and so it should be. We should have those baftas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm only joking. Although we've held those baftas. We have. So, rightfully, they're part ours now. Well, one of them. One of them, yeah. But we'll, we'll just put dibs on the other one. If you've got one, you've got to have the other, haven't you? Indeed. They come as a pair. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Let's not go down that alleyway. <laughs> uh, so, we go to Kerry's mum's house, and it's early in the morning. Kerry's on the computer checking Facebook and yawning. Yes. Uh, and she says, no birthday post yet. It's only half five in the morning. Uh, I would have expected a couple of night hawkers. 
So we get a little bit of a explanation of what a night hawker is. Night hawkers are basically people who stay up late on Facebook and they post just after midnight on your wall. They get a fuck off buzz out of it, apparently. Are is you it... a night hawker? No, not really. No. Well, um, because obviously we get notifications quite a lot for this. My uh, my phone goes into sleep mode about half past ten. What, do, what sleep mode? What does sleep mode do? Night mode. So you don't. People can still send you stuff, but your phone doesn't go off. So even if you got it on silent, it still doesn't buzz. What about if you set an alarm? Oh, that works. Oh, Everything right. works as normal. Even it will even ring, but you will get no buzz or nothing. It completely shuts everything off. Oh, so, and I do that because otherwise I do get woken up a lot in the night with. <laughs> I bet you do. Yeah. Yeah, that's my phone. Okay, Uh, but she gets a message from Grumps Stan Mucklow. Stan Mucklow, Um, which is nice because then like the family tree grows a little bit wider. You sort you see a face. So I thought he looked a little bit like Freddie Parrot Face Davis. Uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) So that's basically Martin's dad. It's going to have to be no, because he's Martin Mucklow, isn't he? Right. Okay. Because yeah. obviously, they, unless they are really incestuous, um, that's got to be Martin's dad. Right. So, which makes a little bit more of what she says later on. Yeah, so so the message that she gets, even though, I mean, like, her, her, she, she loves the fact she's got a birthday message from her grumps, but it says, get it together this year, care, grumps. And there mm. isn't even, a, like, a happy birthday, no. kiss my ass or anything. Um. Now, being a, a bit of a sado, I actually checked on Facebook to see, because I'm sure they must have set up a Kerry Mucklow and Stan Mucklow Facebook page for for filming. Do you and think? Then, and then got do... rid of it. Because what would be the point of going through the rigmarole of setting up, doing, like, the, 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 the coding or whatever, of setting up a fake... Yeah, but there might be... A, a, it's like a prop, isn't there? There's a movie things that are just props. So you might be... There might be a fake prop of facebook ready to use you just add your picture and do you think so i would imagine so because it seems to appear in a lot more tv and movies now that's a lot of fake accounts but then wouldn't it just be easier to set up an account put that on there and then just delete it no because then you wouldn't have to bother with the email and everything like that you're just basically setting up you put a picture in put the name in and that's all you're adding okay but we get uh we get introduced to grumps that's my grumps that is he looks like a laugh here, but in real life, he's a nasty old bastard. See? <laughs> Martin Mutlow's dad. Yeah, there you go. Uh, talking to Martin, we're at Martin's front door. Yeah. And Curtin is at Martin's place knocking on the door. Martin comes to the door with his very fetching d- designer dressing gown <laughs> on. Um, Curtin asks if you'll sign a card for Kerry. I'm snowed under here, Curtin. That's what makes me laugh. I oh, I don't know. I'm snowed under here. It was good. Um... And she and and Curtin's been. He's. I think Curtin's very sweet in this yeah. episode. Sometimes a little sounds a little bit condescending, but most ninety nine percent it is sweet. It shows how much he really looks out for her. But then we'll get to the point a little bit. There's a reason why he does it. I think. Yeah. But anyway, um, and it just sign it, Dad, and I'll do the rest. Oh, he can't do that. So that you know, he he can't he even. As a pretense. I don't want the emotional comment. <laughs> the emotional <laughs> implications, yeah. yeah. And then just sign it Martin then. I haven't got a pen. Yeah. Uh, give it here. It's really inconvenient. Like he's got, you know, yeah. he, he just He's in his dressing gown, yeah. but he's busy. He's busy. Um, 
And it, that was the thing I took from that. It's very hard to get into the mindset because I don't know whether you do, but when I'm watching stuff, I try and think is that how I would act that in that. But to get in the mindset of somebody that can't even sign, just sign a card. You haven't yeah. got to pay for anything. Literally, just wave your hand about for three seconds. And to can't write, be bothered to. Yeah, even do and that. can't even be bothered to do that. But that shows how little he thinks of her, isn't it? And um, give the card back to Curtin, and uh, we get this. You just signed it M. Yeah, M for Martin. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like again, it's almost to the point where he just hold. If he just held the pen, Curtin could move the card underneath yeah. him. He'd have just as much of a M there for that. I mean, it was just basically because he didn't want to, isn't yeah. it? That's why yeah. he just found every excuse under the sun, which is quite sad, really. Very sad. Curtin shows uh, the cam the card to the camera, and it's almost like a nondescript squiggle on the card. You can just mm. make out that it's an M, uh, and Curtin finishes it with unbelievable and walks off. So Kerry's in the kitchen. He's looking at she's looking out the window and sees a postman going by. Yeah, and she shouts out to Julie. Now, when she's shouting out, I don't. That's when you can tell that she does. Sue's voice. Yeah. Because it literally sounds exactly the same when she's shouting. Yeah. Sounds exactly the same. Um, shouting out to Julian, the postman, uh, thinking he's messing about and he's, that he's playing with her and that he's actually got loads of cards and presents for her, but he just walks off, gives her gives her a little bit of a glance as if, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to keep on walking. <laughs> but it's how excited she is for her birthday. Indeed. You, were you ever that excited? I used to love... Birthday. I mean, I still love birthdays. I enjoy a birthday, but I can't ever remember being that excited. Christmas, yeah. Yeah. But birthdays I look forward to, but I'd always get to sleep the night before, even when I was younger. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think maybe being an August baby, I'd seem to do that. You're always the youngest one, so everybody had celebrated and you were the last in the list, weren't you? Well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you were. Because if it's July, you'd be the first one on the list. You're only the last one on the list, like, the day after your birthday. No, no, when you're at school, I meant. So you were, all your mates had had their birthdays, and you were, not many of you were in August at school. Well, they weren't in my year. Okay. So I was always, I've been to all these birthday parties throughout the year, and then come mine, I was like, nobody's going to come to mine anyway. They'll all be on holiday, because we're at school yeah, holidays. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, anyway, he gets into his post van and starts driving away, and uh, Kerry's going, yeah, he's driving away. No, he's not coming back. That's a shame. Uh, but always got this like misguided optimism yeah. that yeah, it's always going to. And again, that happens a couple of times in the episode. It, it certainly does. In she this thinks one, yeah. of something that it's going to be. Even look those lovely glances to the camera. So yeah, I know, I know <laughs> what it is. Uh, Sue shouts out about the mushrooms growing in her cups in her room. That made me laugh. And she wants them washed, dried, and put on the side. It's like Mushroom World up here. It's bloody Mushroom World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> it's my birthday today. You sold your birthday five years ago, madam. Classic uh, Kerry face. That real sort of yeah. put upon... Just just look. I, I just love that. So we... Oh, not that one. Where is it? Oh, bugger. There's that one. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> oh, bless her. Oh, bless her. Um, so then Kerry uh, explains that five years ago, she sold her birthday to her mum for 200 quid. Legally obliged now, Sue, is to never celebrate her birthday for the rest of her life, not a cup of tea or a moon pig card. See, now that thing is what we said about in the last time we did an episode. It's not just saying... A card. No. It's saying... The, it's like um, Honey Nut Clusters. That's right. It's a reference. It's a... putting a reference which makes it even funnier. Yeah. 
Or actually makes it funny. Because if she said, I'm not a cup of tea or a card, okay. Because they stick Moonpig in there, (laughs) it's such a weird, silly name, it makes it funny. Is that something you would have done as a youngster? A soldier birthday? It depends what it had been for. Like a couple of hundred quid. But mind you, when we were young, a couple of hundred quid. It would have been a lot. lot of money. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would have. No. I, I like getting presents. Yeah, I like... Well, I like the fact of getting cards as yeah, well when yeah. you were younger. Not so much now, because well, cards it would be a fiver or something. In there, yeah, it? or a pound coin, sellotape oh, to the card. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my nan one Christmas, we had, for, for Christmas, we had a pair of chinos with £20 in 20 pence pieces... In the pockets, and she then um, stitched the pockets up so that the money wouldn't fall out. So we had I bet no way, like a bloody ton. So when you felt the <laughs> present, you had probably no, no, I no, because it, it was like it felt like it was clothes. Yeah, but then there was like something jang. I was going to say jangle, jangle jewelry, jewelry. <laughs> yeah, but... we don't want to do that. No, but it was just really weird. And then when we opened it up, like I said, the, the pockets were they were grey chinos, and the pockets were stitched up, and it was twenty pounds worth of twenty peas. So what's that? Is that a hundred? 120 pence pieces yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, again, when we, when we were younger, 20 quid was... A lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, 20 Straight down pay. to Woolies and oh get your singles. God, yeah. Oh, happy days. Um, but she said that she was addicted to a mobile game where you could build a funfair and then the choice of waiting 12 hours for dodgems to get erected or spend a fiver on time machine tokens. And it was like... A choice between waiting 12 hours oh, for my dodgems to get erected <laughs> or spending a fiver on time machine tokens. So, to cut a long story short, I basically pissed 200 quid up the wall. There she did. And, and uh, well, I know a lot of people do it, but I've never been able to get into those. Uh, only on... time with us was the Simpsons game. Oh, really? Did you end up buying? It was, the, it was the fact that we were all playing it in the house. Right. And it was a very addictive game. And you you could buy donuts, so you get like five donuts for a quid, or it'd be so much, you know, twenty yeah. donuts for a fiver, or that doesn't even make sense. Whatever the yeah, whatever do. whatever it was. But the donuts used to then you would you would buy Chief Wiggum's police station or whatever it was, or you buy some houses for Springfield, and it would make the houses build quicker, right? Or your crops would build quicker, so you could get more food or, or whatever it was. We ended up. I, I I was having a fight, not a fight, but having a, a what was it, a race, if you like, with my missus. So I would sneakily just buy a fiver's worth of of donuts. It was fucking mental. Yeah, I've never done it because I wanted to beat her. So I wanted to get my <laughs> my thing sort of grown quicker instead of hers. But then she, then she would go and buy donuts. It was me- it was mental. Imagine how much you must have spent. Well, I don't think we spent loads. Well, I don't know how much she spent. I haven't yeah. played it for years. But anyway, uh, curtains on the street, and uh, he says that he's the only one that makes the effort for Kerry's birthday. Um, and this is what I was saying about earlier before. That one of the reasons that he probably does it is to keep her quiet because even on his birthday he has to get something for Kerry or she sulks and ruins the day. Yeah. So he wants to have a quiet life. So he knows that if he puts things on for Kerry. It'll make her happy. But he also, like I say, he also knows that no one else is going to do it for her, which I think is really, really sad. So this is where, again, where she's very childlike, isn't it? So if it's Curtin's birthday, she's sulking when he gets presents. Well, I think out of all the episodes, when we were saying before about that this series seems to make Kerry out to be a bit slower than mentally slower, this is the episode where it feels that that's driven home a little bit more yeah. in the way that she acts on certain things. 
you know, she's not the um, sort of balls out bully thinks that she's harder than everybody else that we've seen in previous. Yeah, episodes, this is the one where it? she's she's definitely there's a, a softer side to her and yeah. almost a slower side. Well, childlike, yeah, very childlike. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Curtin then is uh, walking wherever he's going. He sees the bus. Uh, the Pullman's number 45 bus. And that is Mr. Pullman driving. That is Mr. Pullman driving. I was going to say that later on, but thank you for that. Uh, and he says, oh, wait, I love doing this. And he puts his hand up to stop the bus. The bus stops, and Mr. Pullman even has a line, said, you getting in then? Nah, you're all right, mate. <laughs> um, and he just stands there, and uh, the driver looks pissed off and drives away. Curtin is so pleased with himself. But it's so simple, and uh, I, he's just going, I love it. He says, it's so simple. So much laughter, he says. So much <laughs> laughter. And then we get that. Uh, he deserves it anyway, because he's been sexting my nan, so. There you go. That's quite a new word, isn't it, sexting? Sexting? Didn't he used to be my United manager, Dave Sexting? <laughs> <laughs> For all you kids out there. Uh, that's, a, that's a topical reference. 1970s Manchester United manager. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, so we're back at Kerry's kitchen, um, and she's all made up because it's steam fair. Yeah. And uh, it's the birthday on the same day, and it's Kerry's two best things in one day. Now, the vicar gives a little bit of a backstory about the steam fair and saying that Kerry is a huge fan of all things practical and mechanical. So it wasn't really a joke in that. It was just no. a little bit of extra information. Back to Kerry's kitchen. Kerry lists all the things that will be at the steam fair. You have a working traction engines, tractors, road rollers. Now, when I'm doing taking my notes and I'm watching this on um, the, the iPlayer, I put the subtitles on. Yeah, because you uh, don't always hear exactly no, what they say. No, and there are times when they get the subtitles wrong. Okay, I haven't noticed which I'll, that I'll, I'll, There is a big one <laughs> in a little while. Which oh, I really? Will, yeah, yeah. But they put down on the subtitles for the Lex bit as plenty of vintage steamers. I'm sure that's not what she says. I don't remember. I've yeah, got it written down I, 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 I listened to it a few times, and it doesn't sound like the word plenty. It sounds like vintage steamers, but it doesn't sound like the word plenty. So you have to have a listen yeah. to it. Um, but she says that she, she they won't get a word out of her sideways because she'll have died and gone straight to heaven. And then Curtin comes in singing. Happy birthday to you. It is. We were born in a loo. I wasn't born in this. She was. I was born in Bath and Franks. Yeah, on a loo. Yeah, only because my mum didn't know she was pregnant with me. <laughs> 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 she's like, she's always listening, isn't yeah, she? Yeah. Always listening. And then Curtin, she's chipper, Sue today, isn't she? And uh, Carrie says, yes, because it's my birthday, which is an obvious lie. Then Carrie's face lights up when she sees Curtin as a present. She is so happy with the uh, fantastic Screwfix catalogue. And we were proud suppliers of giving everybody at our live show a Screwfix catalogue. We've said it before, and we'll say it again. We'll never have that stupid idea of of, of wrapping up 270 Screwfix catalogues. It was no. a wonderful moment. I will grant that. It was a wonderful moment. Will never happen again. No, it was it was for the first show, the first ever live show. It was a little treat for them. It was only for the first. It was only <laughs> for the first one. Um, but she's absolutely made up. Um, I actually put on here. Will always remind me of our first show. Uh, but there you go. Um, and she goes, "New catalogue. How did you get that?" Curtin touches his nose and says, "Got friends in high places." 
Kerry goes, it's Gibbo, isn't it, that works at Screw Fix? And uh, Curtin goes, yeah. <laughs> and then she gives it a little bit of flick and an aluminium combination ladders. It's the way she says it with so much glee. I would imagine that line was improvised as well. Yeah. Because she just opens it, it randomly. Yeah. yeah, it could have been anything. Um, he has another surprise, but not here. They have to go somewhere. But Kerry is now worried that they're going to miss the steam fair. Curtin, bless him, says, don't worry, we've got it all planned. So it's like, just got every. I, I love that because it really looks like he's looking after yeah. her and making sure that she's, he's gonna have a gr- great day. Um, but then Kerry mentions, oh, oh, is it a soda stream? Because she's always wanted one, um, and that Slugs made one with tea once. Didn't taste nice, but he was pushing boundaries on it with it. So Curtin's now outside Kerry's, and uh, Curtin's got a little surprise for Kerry. It's forty minutes outside the village, but they can't wait. To see the look on that sweet little face. Um, she's going to love it. I mean, that's a lovely little sweet thing. Um, Kerry then says, but the, do they need to come home before the, the um, steam fair? Curtin just says, no, no, we'll get the bus after your surprise. So Kerry and Curtin are walking. Kerry's knackered already. And Curtin says, we've only just started. I know, they're only at the back of the house. So Kerry wants to know what the surprise is and see if it's worth the walk. Kerry thinks that she knows what the surprise is. She thinks it's a surprise party. Curtin tries to tell her and really tries to nail down the fact that it is not a fucking party, right? Okay, we've not done a surprise party. Which is... is, This is where the simplicity comes into her, isn't it? Yeah, but then she she looks at the camera, unconvinced of Curtin, and sort of going, yeah, all right. And then she looks at the camera and goes, it's party. (laughs) She amazes the words. But then we get this clip. This is really funny. I love this. I've got a packet of Rolos in my pocket as well. Have I'll you? Give, I'll give you one every 50 yards. How about that? That's a nice little incentive for a donkey, innit? Yeah, right. I see you're a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> talking, it's like talking yeah. to her like she's a dog or a horse. A donkey, like yeah. he says. Is that, what she, is that what he says? Yeah, if you just play that game. I've got a packet of Rolos in my pocket as well. I'll Have give, you? I'll give you one every 50 yards. How about that? That's a nice little incentive for a donkey, innit? Yeah, right. For a donkey. I see you're a good girl. Is that yeah. That's a nice little incentive for a donkey. Yeah. But that's not, oh. Well, then they are quite mean, deep. Yeah, well. well, that's not a nice thing to say. I, I never caught that. I never know. It's a good girl. Yeah, good girl. <laughs> Give her a couple of like sugar lumps or something. Yeah. So anyway, we get to the Fox Twins. Um, Kerry is worried about going into the woods, and uh, Curtin says, well, no, they're going to go around. They're not going to go through, because that's where the Fox Twins are. Everyone knows in the village about the Fox Twins, two feral-like men who walk on their knuckles on all fours. Now, I was trying to think, is there a legend, because obviously Charlie and Daisy are from around here, but I don't think there is. I, I don't think, think so. just is a made-up thing, don't think, isn't I it? think it is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always... I can always remember when you used to go into a... a a forest, or whatever, and you used to see a den. You used to wonder who lives in there. Yeah, yeah. Or, or whether it was just kids making a den. But I don't think I've ever heard of any of that of that kind of legend. No, there isn't no. legends like that around. Not around here. Around not here, really. Um, basically, they communicate each with each other with their own language, which sounds like fox calls. Uh, <laughs> livestock goes missing, and they get blamed. No one knows how they got there either. Uh, then Vic has a little thing where he says it's a fun story to hear in a pub in front of a roaring fire. Brings people together in a strange way. Do I believe in it? Absolutely not. No, it'd be hard to believe in something like that, wouldn't it? It'd be hard to believe in something that you can't see or there's no actual evidence or anything like that of, is there? No. 
why is he a vicar then? <laughs> oh, yeah. Controversial. Oh. Controversial there, you see. For the house, because he obviously had to remortgage exactly. his last one. Exactly. It did, that did make me think, is that the point they're trying to make? That you're saying, I don't believe in that. But anyway, that's a whole yeah. different podcast. Uh then we get Mandy. Big Mandy. Big Mandy. So it is the sort of you've got somebody like the vicar that you would you would trust in right, okay, he doesn't believe in it. That sort of makes sense. Then you have Mandy, uh says that yes, yeah, she's seen him. Her and Tyson, early one morning, they were hunched over eating what looked like something like an animal carcass. It was terrifying. Fair enough. And then she says And then a week later, exactly the same time, exactly the same spot, she saw an alien. So boom, knocks that completely <laughs> out of the um, then we get to then we get to Len. My theory is that some dirty bastard shagged a fox, and that fox ended up giving birth to some sort of fucked up man fox twins. Um, there's actually only one dirty bastard I know around here that would shag a fox, and that's Len. I never done it with a fox. <laughs> I laughed and laughed at that bit. It isn't just that; it's the fact that then there's that pause. He looks away. Then he sheepishly looks back at the camera before it cuts. Yeah, yeah. I love that bit. That's the bit because it is yeah. such a guilty look. And he actually sounds like my McLean, he does, doesn't yeah, he? He does. Uh, then we get a bit of text. Uh, a recent survey into paranormal activity found that one in three British people believe in ghosts. This figure is highly is higher, sorry, in rural areas, and many believe the Cotswolds to be the most haunted region. In Britain. Now, is that true? Yeah, I've read that before. Oh, really? There's a lot of ghosts. I mean, there's a whole ghost book based on Siren Sister. Is there? The Ghosts of Siren. So, do you believe in ghosts? No. <laughs> That's okay, then. Yeah. No. No. I can't, I can't get my head around how to believe in ghosts. No. And I've even had people say, well, I've seen one. And I'm like, okay, all right. And they try and explain the story. I'm still not convinced. No. No, I don't believe in ghosts. That's okay, then. Because no. I don't believe either. I, I I really find it very hard to believe in any of that kind of stuff. The yeah, it's just the boogeyman, isn't it? It's the tales that you tell your kids. You know, the fairy tales to spook them out. Indeed. So Kerry and Curtin and I walking in the woods, and uh, well, they're on a, in, through a field, I suppose, going into the woods, uh, and a guy in a red cagoul. That's the right word, yeah. isn't it? It's like a cagoul walks past. Curtin says morning, and this guy just walks straight past. So Curtin gets very annoyed, stuck up git. Uh, and they're in a field of sheep, and he, 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 he who doesn't say hello, good morning back when you say good morning to him? It's true. Whenever you go for a walk and somebody walks past you the opposite way on a footpath, you always go hello or good morning or afternoon. Well, we, we, we've been doing this running lark that we've been having a go at, and you always, even if it's somebody else running or if it's someone mm. where they're walking their dogs, it's normally evening or hello. Yeah. Or, yeah, or in my case, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and they go hello yeah. as, I'm, as I'm sort of walking fastly past them. Oh bless you! Uh, I know. Doing so, well. Oh, uh, they're in a field of sheep, and the sheep start running. Now this to me felt like this was completely um, improvised. improvised. Well, it probably had to be with the um, with the, the way the sheep are. You couldn't really. There was, you know, I don't think they got the budget for sheep handlers and everything. But this is see. This is the thing now. If we ever started doing sort of acting stuff, and we want we want to try and do like sketches yeah. and stuff, would you keep in in your mind? Because if that was me, if they started running, I, the first thing I'd be doing was like looking at the camera, going, "Oh god, they're running!" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas the instinct should be right, stay in character and 
whatever happens, stay in character. The, the, the cameras aren't there, just stay in character. Is that what you, how you would think like that? I don't know till I try it. That's the thing. I would hope I would, but I don't know. Don't know. You right. know, it's like when, when things go wrong, isn't it? And they say, carry on, just improvise what's going on. It's hard not to focus on what's going wrong, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I don't know, we'll have to try it. We'll have to try, we'll have it, to try it one day. Yeah, okay. Uh, so anyway, Curtin makes Kerry hide her eyes. If that's the, is that the right? Close her eyes. Close her, hide her eyes. <laughs> I'm going to put my eyes over here. Yeah. Tell me where they are once I've finished. Um, then counts down, Kerry opens her eyes and looks around. I think I'm sure still expecting to see a party well, or she something. She's looking around. You can see that she's yeah. thinking everybody's going to be stood there waiting. Yeah, doesn't see anything. Curtin then points to the bridge over a dual carriageway with a sign that says, Happy Birthday, Kerry Mucklow. Um which is the bridge by Burford, so that's a bloody long walk there. That is, yeah, 40 it, minutes. It'd probably take longer than that. <laughs> She's not impressed, you can tell, but obviously she doesn't want to upset Curtin, so it's sort of... Um... But the thing is, it's like the, the Screwfix catalogue she was more impressed with. She was more excited about that than she was about yeah. this massive Yeah, and also, sign. if she's excited about people being there, what the strangest place to have a surprise Exactly, party. exactly. So she's still looking for everybody. Yeah, and she wouldn't have had her eyes unless he had his eyes closed. Her eyes closed from the moment she got into that field. Yeah, that was a yeah, yeah. That was very strange. So anyway, the curtain bed, curtain's bedroom, uh, and the curtain seems more excited about the the, the, the sign than, it is than what he than says, Kerry isn't it? Did. Yeah, I always see the banners on the motorway and thought, who the fuck does them? And then uh, it's people like me, curtain. Yeah, that's quite sweet. So now they're waiting for the bus. And um, Curtin's pissing about with some stinging nettles and says, if you hold them on the top and bottom, they can't sting you, only the sides, and then off camera you go, oh, that one's one stung me. <laughs> Which I was told that exact same thing when I was younger. My brother used to be able to pick a, a leaf off a stinging nettle, never get stung. Yeah. He had a way of doing it. And he told me exactly the same, top and bottom, just pinch it hard, you won't get stung. And every time I did it, I got stung. Apparently it's, it's also the thing... I, was, I can remember watching Hugh Fernley Whittingstall uh, when his, the River Cottage yeah, when he first started. Yeah. I used to love those programmes when he first started. And he was in a nettle-eating competition. Right. And the way they did it was they would grab the nettle firmly, roll it into a ball, and then stuff it in their mouth so it didn't sting them. Okay. So that apparently was the way of doing it. You would just... You, would, you, you can have that, n- isn't nettle that, tea and everything. Yeah, isn't that where the, the, the saying, grab the nettle, comes from? I've never heard that saying. Grab the nettle. Grab the no, never heard it. No, grab the ball by the horns. Yeah, grab the nettle. No, never heard that one. Never heard. Have that I just one. made that up? I think so. <laughs> no, when you grab the nettle. Well, yeah, you can grab a nettle, but no, I've never heard it as an expression. Email us <laughs> WTAF this country at hotmail dot com. If that is an actual saying, please grab the nettle. When you grab the nettle, you'd have it means to like with purpose. It. Something, yeah. Let's examinate that. Uh, Grabbing the nettle. You grab the nettle. Grabbing John Nettle. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Curtin picks up a Pez dispenser. <laughs> Kerry says, "Don't, because they're cursed." This made me laugh. It's a, it's the fairy on the shelf, isn't it? Pez. If you looked, was it? Yeah. You know those. Um, is it Elf on a shelf? Sorry, fairy on a shelf. <laughs> See, no, you didn't grab the nettle then, did no, you? <laughs> no, I didn't examine it properly. No. No. Um, the f- Elf on the shelf. Right. It's the, the woe's head. Because I thought, what well, Pez is that? I like Pez dispensers. It's just something funky about them. Okay. We have a few in here. We do have a few in here. Um, said she had the worst bout of luck when she picked one up. 
the dog died, got ringworm, credit crunch. <laughs> yeah, like she suddenly got really intellectual like that. So uh, Curtin says, well, isn't that a coincidence? And then Kerry says, a week later, she swapped it with Robin Pope for a rubber. I'm assuming that's a school rubber. Uh, yeah, I'd have thought so. Uh, yeah. Very same day, he fell off a ferry. <laughs> it's so precise. Yeah, and then it? Curtin says, well, Pez or no Pez, Robin Pope would have fallen off that ferry. He was a fucking clang. <laughs> Bus arrives and Curtin pays for his practical joke earlier. And then if you notice, from this moment, Kerry has nothing but bad luck. Oh, yeah. It's very, very... That's one of those little moments that you sort of think, that's very, very clever. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah, expect think... it, but if you look at everything... They get lost. They, she does, she's, first of all, late for the steam fair. Then she doesn't make the steam fair. She has to have a shit in a tent. Yeah. Well, she chooses to do yeah, that. Yeah, the, the vicar can't pick them up. All these things. Anyway. Um, Didn't actually think of that, no, you know. There you go, see? Uh, the driver sees its curtain, gives him the finger, and then drives off, which I thought was quite good. Uh, the next bus is in two hours, so Kerry starts to freak out, and I put on their bad luck. Pez strikes again. Curtin calls Vicar to ask if he can pick them up, and he has a wedding. So yeah. she's saying, well, can't you just... He says, can't you just pop out for 15 yeah. minutes? You know, you're <laughs> Some, the vicar, it's your church. Somebody's wedding. I'm just put, nipping out, I'll be back in 15. Yeah, and then, as is their relationship with the vicar, then it turns very quickly, oh, well, they just do one vicar. So they're really, you know, Curtin's they really nasty. They do lose nasty. their temper with him. Like. Uh, and then Kerry, we're going to miss it. So Curtin's bedroom says, Kerry used to go to the steam fair a lot before the dad walked out. Every time she sees heavy haulage vehicles, it reminds her of being part of a family. Yeah. They're back in the woods. Uh, Curtin says that we can, it'll take an hour to get uh, where they need to go. Kurt, uh, Kerry says, no, can't do an hour. I want to see Jim Tucker driving into the steam fair, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, back to Curtin's bedroom. Is so he a real person, do you think? Or is that I just don't made know. Up? I think that's probably made up. Well, have we searched it a little bit? Jim Tucker. Jim Tucker. Uh, so then Curtin's bedroom again says she loves looking in skips as well because her dad used to take her scrap metal in when she was a toddler. He'd literally chuck her in and have a look for copper and that. She actually got tetanus at one time. Martin didn't give a flying fuck. <laughs> as long as he got his copper, he was happy. <laughs> well, it's another <laughs> sign. I was just thinking it's another sign towards good old Martin Mucklow's bastard ways. Indeed. Curtin says that they can walk into the woods and take half the time, so that works for Kerry. Kerry says, we'll be late now. We'll miss the combine demonstration for sure, which is a shame because Jim Tucker drives the combine and is the best combine driver this side of Fairford. Now, on the, the subtitles, they put Hereford. Ah, so two totally different towns. Two totally different towns. Well, Hereford's a city, isn't it? I think. Mm. Mm. And Fairford's a little market town. But anyway, find out a little bit more about Mr Tucker. I had my picture taken with him last year and he put his cap on me and said I reminded him of himself when he was in his late 40s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Curtin then admits that he is lost. Kerry is pissed off now. Um, we sort of get into the Blair Witch shit now. Yeah, they come no across signal. a tent in the middle of the forest. Yeah, they've got no signal. It's the no way one they the actually crew. speak to the crew, don't That's they? That's right. Yeah. No one in the crew has got a signal. Um, they come across a tent in the middle of the forest. Curtin opens it up. And I expected something like a head. There was going to be something like that. Oh, well, when you first yeah, watched yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I thought okay. it was going to... When they went, oh, my God, what the fuck is that and stuff? I thought it was going to be Len. Oh, right, OK. I thought it was going to be Len's place. But it's this. Oh, my Jesus Christ. What? what is it? Oh, my God. What? 
Christ what? alive. It's just a great big dump in the middle of a tent. <laughs> Do you know, right, they've lived around there all their lives. They're very local and savvy to the area, yet they get in that wood and they're lost. I can imagine it'd be quite easy if it's a thick, dense wood. Yeah, but if they've grown up there, we, we've established we think they're in their early 20s. Yeah, but then they don't normally go into that wood because of the fox twins. Oh, I suppose. Oh, I suppose. See? Good shout, good there shout. There you go. So Kerry's going, oh, it's just badger shit. And so Curtin says, a badger, yeah, okay, okay. So a badger's just walking along, sees a tent, goes, right, might as well have a shit in it, does his business, comes back, zips it up with his great big thumbs. Yeah, badger, Kerry. <laughs> Uh, so we get the talk about the fox twins again. Kerry looks terrified. Kerry's saying that she's not scared of the fox twins. She just wants to know why they are and what they are. They should be the best people they can be. Get a job. Because <laughs> uh, the guy who was a trolley boy at Tesco's might as well have been raised by wolves. If he can get a job, you guys can walk it. This guy uh, who works for Tesco's has a forehead so large you can project a film on it. That's what made me chuckle. And then when she speaks to Kurt and behind... <laughs> she just says, Nicholas. He goes, trolley boy. Yeah, fucking... Uh, a huge fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the vicar then says, oh, the talk of strange goings on in the wood. Now, this is the other Easter egg. on the, the poster. The pillar on the poster behind is about somebody that is missing. Now, I'm pretty 99% sure that that is the boy or the kid that we saw in the Red Cagall. Oh really? That's I, I'm 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 sure of it. Because it says Edward something. You yeah. can read Edward. It says you? yeah. It says Edward someone, but I think that's the guy in the red cagoule. Because why else would you have that guy in the red cagoule? That's true. And that's that's who I think. And and okay, good shout. Yeah, we'll we'll have that then. We'll, we'll yeah. it is definitely Edward guy in the red cagoule. Um, so where do we go to? Oh, to Len. Len this yeah, said, oh, I believe in ghosts, all right. He lives with a ghost and he's a Civil War cavalier. Every time I walk into the living room, he doffs his cap on his shoulder. He's got this crow that barks at me. So he doesn't spend much time in the house. He's quite peaceable, but the crow is malevolent. Can't share my house with a malevolent bird. Who uh But you can see the sort of... They're also laying... The foundations for the next episode. Yeah. Because you can see his house back behind him and there is shit all on the, 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 on the garden. In the garden. And then in the windows, it's like stacks of newspapers. So he's obviously, he's a hoarder. Yeah. And that comes to fruition a little bit more in the next episode, in the final episode of the series. Uh, Carrie and Curtin are at a tunnel. Now, where's that tunnel? Do you know? I don't know. I don't but... know where, where did they film? Well, it was Fairford, Bourne on the Water and all around there, isn't it? Oh, is it? And obviously, um, North Leach. But that actually looks like a tunnel in South Cerny. Right. So it goes under the railway, the, right. the old railway line. Okay. I don't think it is. It could be. I mean, there's no... They don't have to have filmed all in the same work, no, no, do they? No, no, not at all. But that does look scary, I will say. that. Oh, really? that I think that... Well, that <clears throat> reminds me. I took my nephew... Well, my little cousin, so he must have been about 11 or 12, and we went for a walk, and it was getting dusk. The whole family had gone with the dogs. And me and my cousin, my other cousin, ran on ahead and went into a tunnel like that. And my uncle told him a story about somebody living in the tunnel. <laughs> Just as he walked past, he went, <laughs> I've never seen somebody run so fast in my life. Uh, but while Carrie and Curtin are talking, if you look through into the... the you, you see, see Mr. Red Cagall Man you again. You do, he walks across. Yeah, without them knowing, without them seeing to start with. Um, little Red Riding Twat. 
basically is what... Uh, so they go through the tunnel. They see the Red Cagore guy. That is when Curtin says, little red riding yeah. twat. They follow him. He stops. He's like he's doing his shoelace up or something. Uh, they, then as Kerry and Curtin are talking, he just belts and starts running for it. So Kerry says, chase him. And so he, really? He's, oh, OK. So he starts chasing him. They lose him again. They look over and they see the tent again. <laughs> so they've gone in a massive circle. Kerry admits defeat that they have missed... The uh, steam fair and Kerry looks heartbroken. Curtin says he'll get the vicar to pick them up because they're close to the bus stop. Kerry goes to the tent to go and have a dump. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought I, I thought I'd taken that. Um, I got that clip. Well, but what I she haven't. says somebody's already had a massive dump in it. It was <laughs> so. What's another one going to make a difference? Again, she's got nothing to wipe her ass with. Leaves, stop leaves. Suppose, yeah. So at the bus stop, Vicar arrives, Curtin uh, says, if he has an attitude, I'll grab the steering wheel and drive us into a wall. Yeah. Um, a bit extreme. A bit extreme. And then the Vicar's here. Happy birthday, Kerry. How was it? Kerry did a dump in a tent. Sorry? I did a dump in a tent. That's all you need to know. <laughs> that says the car's yeah. driving off, isn't it? So yeah. Kerry then's checking Facebook uh, and it all says the steam fair was a massive success. The sun was shining, bumper numbers. Uh, she admits it was the worst birthday she'd ever had. Uh, eight Facebook posts this year, down four from last year. She's been refreshing the page since midnight and got cramp in her finger and shows this bend in her finger. Curtains then walking with a bag over his shoulder. Uh, says he feels guilty about um, Kerry's shit birthday and he takes the blame for her missing the steam fair and uh, gets her something that uh, she really wants. Back at Kerry's house, the doorbell goes. There's a present on the doorstep. Kerry opens it. It's what she wanted, a soda stream with a card. She opens it and it's from Martin. Well, we all know it's not from Martin. She thinks it's from from Martin. Martin. And she clutches the card to her heart. It's so happy. Um... And it just makes your heart melt, just the the, the look on her face. She's, I knew my dad wouldn't forget my birthday. And then just, and to think, Kerry, uh, Curtin almost ruined it. Best birthday ever. Just, ah, oh, it's just... It's, it's heartbreaking. And then she was going to blame Curtin, the one who's actually done it yeah, for her. Yeah, Oh, bless her. And again, it, it sets up this heartbreak we're going to get in the final episode, yeah. which, you know, obviously, we will go through it. So that is... Steam Fair, episode five, series two. And a great episode, I think. It is a good episode. It's a strong one. It is. There isn't, there isn't anything under eight out of ten in this, epi- in this series. No. I, no. I honestly don't think. I, think. I think, for me, my lowest rated episode is probably The Vicar's Son, but that's probably because it's one of the ones that we've seen the most. Most. It's a bit like the first episode as well, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I, even then... I wouldn't class that anything lower than an 8 out of 10. No, it's still funny. It is... The whole series, the whole show is mm. consistently funny. You know, I think... Could that be because we don't, they don't follow the American model of, like, 20 episodes? Well, I mean, even America aren't doing 20 episodes for a lot of sort of po- uh, comedies, comedies now, where you have to put in filler episodes, you know, so they, mm. they don't have to be quite as funny as them... It's just so so. Well, it's just great writing from the pair of them as well, isn't it? Indeed, but... indeed, indeed. Um, so we got some best bits now. Um, we 
Oh, I, I managed to find there's a uh, a Facebook page uh, called the Dump Gang. This really? country fan group. Just have a uh, secret code to get in. Um, I think you just got to be. Uh, you, you go in and ask to be in, and uh, the. Do you have a password to get in? <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Uh, this is run by uh, a young man called Ross Carpenter. Hello, Ross. Hello, Ross. We said we'd give him a bit of a shout out, so there you go. So I took, I, I put up earlier on, as I do for all these episodes, what was your favourite bits? So some of our new friends at the Dump Gang, this country fan group. If you go to Facebook. On your search bar, just put in the Dump Gang, this country, and you'll get there. And if you, if you then um, approach to join, uh, I'm sure Ross will help you out with that. There we go. Okay, so um, Arnold Simon said uh, his favourite bit was the M is for Martin. We had yeah, that bit a little yeah. bit earlier on. Uh, now, Amy Denise Bartlett Singleton. Oh, that's a, a, that's a, that's name, a lot. isn't it? That is a, a quadruple barreled name. Yeah. That is very How many hyphens in that? There isn't any hyphens. So I'm wondering whether or not it's like it's a previously married name or it's a single name and now she's married. I don't know. Maybe we need to I don't dwell. know the story. Yeah. <laughs> but Amy Denise Bartlett Singleton. Wow. There you go. God, imagine having to like buy that for like a back of a T-shirt or something. But that might be just her full name, actually. Thinking per letter. That, I mean, that would cost a fortune. There might be her middle names in there as well. Maybe. You know, I mean, <laughs> how many smarties would that be on a birthday cake? Having to sign, <laughs> to print out a name in that. Jeez. Little Red Riding Twat. That was her favourite well, bit. That is funny. When that was her favourite bit. Uh, Ross himself said, uh, yes, I concur with one of the previous messages. The whole scene with Martin on the doorstep is superb. Daisy's opening her eyes and looking around with expectation at the surprise gift, only to see the banner and be a little deflated by it all, was smiley face. Well, she's, I think she's only deflated because she was expecting a surprise party yeah. in the middle of a field. Next Constant to a... optimism, yeah. that's what it is. Which maybe comes from just being a little bit slow, and a little bit childlike. Yeah, yeah you're or always being optimistic. Yeah, yeah, it you must know. be, mustn't it? Uh, Philip Fielding said a screw fix catalogue. Yeah, yeah. Fiona Smith, Martin Mucklow in his dressing gown, literally too busy to sign his daughter's card. Uh, Jill Snelling, Slugs carbonated a cup of tea once. That one. Uh, Paul I, bet, I bet, knowing Michael like we do, I bet that's something he really <laughs> did. <laughs> uh, Paul and Neat said, uh, this is my favourite episode across both series, just to select a couple of highlights. The whole screw fix scene is brilliant. Carrie's excitement at her birthday present and her wonderment at the aluminium combination ladders is just sublime. The way Curtin just wants to make Carrie happy is so sweet. Len's reaction when asked about the Fox twins, the bus driver, the dump in a tent, the Badger's great big thumbs, the birthday banner, slugs pushing boundaries with a soda stream, Carrie's um, pure happiness when she thinks her present is from her dad. Who is this even aimed at? Because no one we know watch, watches it. I could go on and on and on and on. I love everything about this episode. Uh, and also, she forgot to write on the Facebook, is that I open it as almost overnight become part of everyday language in our house. Ah, Isn't that sweet? That is sweet. So there you go. That's it for all of those. Uh, we have a Patreon um, partner or donator to uh, oh, give a, a shout one? out to. Yeah, Fiona Smith, very kindly. Uh, has started to donate $2 a month. Thank you very much, Fiona. Uh, so she is now in the draw, uh, along with everybody else that is already uh, Patreon donators, uh, for a fantastic Series 1, Episode 2, uh, Mandy A3 poster from Posterity. And these are gorgeous Fantastic brilliant. posters. They really are. Now, if you want your chance to get in the draw for this, all you can do, 
you can just donate as little as $1 a month to enter the draw. And that's literally, what, 80p? Yeah, 70, 80p, something like that. So all you need to go to is patreon.com forward slash WTAF. Um, you can give us more if you like. It helps us uh, with the podcast um, and the running of it and all of the the, the behind-the-scenes stuff that has to be paid for. Um, but if you, it's just $1 a month. You can go up to $15 a month if you like. Which a couple of people have. A couple of people have, and you end up then getting the full set of all seven signed postcards from all of the, the, the main members of, uh, of the, cast. Uh, the cast. And um, we will be having, uh, if you do do the $15, you also get a chance to come on the podcast. Uh, and uh, one such person who very kindly is donating $15 a month will be uh, looking through ser- the episode six, the final yeah. finale of series two in a couple of weeks' time. So we can't wait to have that gentleman uh, come and join us. That'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but thank you very much, Fiona, for your uh, your kind donation. And like we say, just a dollar a month will get you in the draw to win that fantastic Mandy poster from Series 1, Episode 2. Great poster. Great Indeed. poster. I think that's it, mate. Oh, that's been a long one. It's, oh, thank you very much. Mm. Thank you very much. So, uh, a little bit of housekeeping, yeah. So, we can uh, you can email us, wtafthiscountry at hotmail.com. Uh, come and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wtafthiscountry. Patreon, don't forget, patreon.com forward slash wtaf. And you can also look at all of our other podcasts that we do. Um, every Thursday, we do a radio-style bit of fun for an hour. It is a and good laugh. It's, uh, it's a good laugh. Can let, get a little bit naughty sometimes, but we have we, we sometimes have prizes that we give away and bits and pieces that we give away and lots of fun and jolly japes. I like jolly japes. Yes. So you can you can also subscribe to that on uh, iTunes and please come and subscribe, rate and review the WTAF podcast because it does help us get in the charts. It helps other people find out about uh, the podcast, which then in turn helps other people find out about the greatest comedy on TV at the moment. Absolutely. That's it, I think. Is there anything else we need to I talk about? I think that's it. I think that is it. Okay. We have um, a very special guest coming up next week. Tune in to find out who. Tune in to find out who. It sounds like proper BBC then, doesn't it? Tune in to find out who. Yes, yes. We're not going to give you any guesses, no. uh, any clues, no, or anything like that. Um, but she's it. lovely, I'm she sure. Is. There you go. That's all we're going to say. So thank you very much. That's it for us for another week. And uh, so for Pavo and Neil of Pancast Productions, it's time to say, go get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Happy birthday to me. Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. 
Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The top ten of anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.